Well, we'll be, we're going to be in the book of Philippians today, Philippians chapter 1. And to begin our, our time together, and it is brief, we have, still have baptisms. Um, and you know when a pastor says brief, that means absolutely nothing, especially on his last Sunday. I got to cram everything into these 25 minutes. Uh, now, I was joking around with someone. Um, if you haven't gotten it by now, these 25 minutes aren't going to make a difference. <laughs> but, no, I, I do have just some things on my heart that I want to share uh, with you from the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. And uh, I, I just want to read that uh, to begin our time together. So, beginning with verse 1 and then going all the way down to verse 11. This is a letter from Paul. He's writing in prison to the church at Philippi. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul writes, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that, you may that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So I can tell you that over the last week, I've been filled with a range of emotions. I have never experienced emotions like this. And, and so if you, if you uh, <laughs> and I think this is probably something that is, is unique to me. Not a lot of us in the room uh, know what it's like to resign their church that they deeply love and to be called to another. And I, so I just want to tell you, it, it's, a, it's a really weird experience. Um, there is a range of emotions that come along with this. And it, it, it's similar to springtime weather in Arkansas. I mean, you can literally get winter, spring, summer, and fall all in one week, right? And that's what it's been like uh, over the last week, just this range of emotions. Um, but today, if I, were, if I were to tell you the one thing that I'm feeling more than anything else, it's what Paul is, is indicating here in Philippians chapter 1. It is deep gratitude. What you're going to see throughout the book of Philippians is, is the Apostle Paul deeply thankful to God. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And the spirit of gratitude that Paul has, it results in joy. It's Greek word charis. It shows up uh, several, several times in Paul's letter to the Philippians. In fact, the word joy ap ap appears more times than any, other, uh, than any other of Paul's writings. 
her time more times per capita in such a short book. It's only four chapters long, but the word joy appears more than any of his writings. And so I can tell you this, Philippi was Paul's favorite church. You know, he had four different missionary journeys, we think, and he went all over the Mediterranean world, and he was planting churches all over the place, and it's obvious that Philippi was his, his favorite. Now, I don't, I don't think I can say, you know, pastors are not supposed to have favorites, but, but, but if, if we were, just, just know that I'm preaching from the book of Philippians on my last Sunday with you. I think that says all that needs to be said, right? It's been good. It's been good. It's almost 12 years together, and God has done some pretty amazing things. And the, the, the thing I'm feeling the most is just gratitude for what God has been able to do. And I think it's similar to what Paul was feeling. Um, on January 23rd, uh, I was installed as your pastor, and I made a joke that day. I was being kind of funny because I, I began my preaching ministry with you with Genesis 1. Seems like a great place to start, right? There's 1,136 chapters in the Bible. And I said to you on that day, I said, well, if I start in Genesis 1 and take a chapter a week, factor in maybe four weeks, five weeks of vacation per year or guest speakers, I can preach through the entire Bible by 2036. And, uh, and some, like, I remember the joke went over as well then as it did just now. <laughs> some of you didn't know me very well. And you were like, are we going to have to put up with this guy until 2036? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. Um, so I only made it 46% of the way through, so not, not, quite, not quite to 2036. Um, I, I had my eye on the prize, but, but God messed that up. But, but obviously, Philippi was his favorite church, and we didn't get through all the Bible, but we got through a lot, and I will confess to you, we've been in the book of Philippians a lot, because it's just such a great book. But what Paul says here is he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And should it surprise us that, God, that, that Paul would have a favorite? Because one of the things that characterized Paul's ministry is when he would go to a location, he would embed deeply. He would get to know the people. He would share life with the people. He wasn't just coming in there and downloading a bunch of information and saying, hey, here's a bunch of content about Jesus you guys need to memorize this. There's going to be a test the next time I come back, and I'm out of here, and I'm moving on to the next thing. What we read in the book of Acts is Paul going to these different places and embedding and putting down some roots and getting to know people. We even see this interaction he has with the Ephesian elders in uh, Acts chapter 19. I mean, he meets with these people in Ephesus, and there's this moment where they, they embrace one another, and it's just... It, he had friends and deep connections everywhere he went and started churches. And it is that example that we have from the, the Apostle Paul that, that really formed something that your leaders, along with me, became very committed to over the 12 years that we've done ministry together. And it is this idea of being a community-focused church. We are not called to just deliver content to Bentonville. We're not called to just 
you know, have the best website in the world where people can come and they can download our content and they can get all the right stuff about Jesus, all the right information about Jesus. And if they get all the information right, and if they pass the test, and if they check the right boxes, then they're going to become Christians, or they're going to become the kind of disciples and the kind of followers that Jesus wants them to be. No, we've taken a different approach. In our vision statement, we believe that we're committed to community-focused ministry. We want to be a community of people where all are welcomed, where people are transformed by the gospel, they're equipped for ministry, and then they're sent out. And so we deeply want to care and love about the things that are important to Bentonville and Centerton and Bella Vista and Cave Springs and Gravit. Where's my Gravit people at? There we go. We deeply want to be committed to those things and those communities because what God is doing in those very specific locations is something that we should be interested in and we should be committed to. This gospel that Paul is talking about is highly contextualized. It has a particular shape and a sound and a look and a people. And that's been important to us over the last 12 years. Now, I want you to contrast that with something I see happening. And it is this phenomenon that we, we, can, we can now do basically almost all of our job on a screen, can't we, for, for a lot of us. Unless you're a builder or a craftsman or a manufacturer of some kind, those of us that work with computers and, and work with, you know, all of that stuff, we can do a lot of that from home. And the pandemic forced us to do a lot of that from home. And it created this unique phenomenon. People decided that, you know what, I don't need to live in Bentonville anymore. I don't need to live in Centerton anymore. I don't need to live anywhere. You know what, I could... I could go live anywhere. I could travel around. I could just hang out at the beach if I wanted to. I can, I'm going to log on to my computer. I'm going to get the things done and send in the reports and return the emails. And you know what? It doesn't matter what happens with the school board election. It doesn't matter what happens with the roads in Bentonville. It doesn't matter what happens with housing in Bentonville. It doesn't matter that people might be hungry in Bentonville. It really doesn't matter any of those place-centered issues it doesn't really matter because I can pick up and go and do and whatever I want. And I saw our culture become disconnected from place. And, and I share that today to say, while it's true, we can be very productive in these online spaces. The physical spaces that we inhabit, the geography, the soil, the roads, schools, the institutions, those things matter. Those, those social institutions, they, they, they matter, and place matters. And Bentonville Community Church loves the city of Bentonville, and they love the city of Centerton, and they love the city of Cave Springs, and they love Bella Vista, and they love Gravit, because these are specific locations where God, and, and they love Pea Ridge, because, and they love Rogers, okay. and they love Springdale. I don't know about Fayetteville. <laughs> but these are specific locations where God is doing something significant. God is doing something special in a very particular way. And so friends, 
what, what Augustine basically says to us, and you know your pastor has a doctorate when he quotes Augustine, but what, what Augustine says to us is that, is that we are discipled not primarily from our head down, but from our feet up. We learn to be Christians from our feet up. Where is it that, where are the places that you inhabit? Where are the relationships that you have? What influence do you have in those sphere, in those, in those places, in your business, in your school? We're made to be like Jesus from our feet up. Where is God leading our feet? And where does he call us to plant? And where does he call us to be deeply embedded? This is, this is the hard work of ministry, church. This is the hard work of ministry to, to, to ask the Holy Spirit, where do you want my feet to go today? And as my feet goes to these places, what is it that you're showing me? And what is it that you want to do through me? in these very specific locations. And so, I want to share a promise with you. This is hard work. This is hard work. It's not something we can do on our own. And so look at what Paul says. This is a promise. Verse 6, he talks about the partnership in the gospel that he has with this church. It's not just him. It's a partnership between him and the people. In verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you is going to carry it on to completion. This is a promise. So where's your feet leading you today? What specific locations do you have influence? Where are you called to let your light shine? What has God begun in you? I want to share some good news with you. That the one who started it, the one who begun that good work through you, in you, in that place, he will carry it on to completion. He will finish the work. He only calls you to show up and be available and to be open to what he wants to do. He's going to finish that work. I want to show you a, a picture that I came across. This is from January 23rd, 2011. And this is when I was installed as your pastor. So there's me. There's Lauren, there's our DS at the time, Dr. Randy Berkner. Uh, and, and you can look at this church and you can see that a lot, or you can look at this picture and the church in the picture and you can see that a lot has changed, hasn't it? Lauren looks exactly the same. Lauren looks exactly the same. She's got a different hairstyle, but that's it. And I've got a different hairstyle too. I decided to be like you cool kids and, and dye some gray in. This is, this is dyed in. See what you people did to me? <laughs> I'm telling you, the, the couple in that picture, they have smiles on their faces. And, and if I could go back to my 32-year-old self and tell the young man in that picture... All that God has done and all that God was going to do, that young man <laughs> wouldn't believe it. That young man would say, you're crazy. There's no way we can do that. There's no way God's going to do that. There's no way. There's no way that's going to happen. You see, God has, is in the business of 
exceeding our wildest expectations. God is in the business of exceeding our wildest dreams. And this, this, this promise here in verse 6, what God begins, he will carry on to completion. This, this Greek word, carried on to completion, is, is, is an interesting word. It doesn't show up a whole lot, but it's epiteleo. Now, it's actually two things kind of coming together there. Teleo means just to finish or to complete. But when you put epi in front of it, it's like you're supercharging the word. So what Paul is saying is, is like the good thing that God has started, he is going to finish and complete and so thoroughly accomplish that it's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your, it's going to, it's going to exceed every expectation. He's not only going to finish it, he's going to epi-finish it. He's going to epi-get it done. He's, it's, it's, like, it's like putting uber in front of something. It's going to be uber awesome. Or if you're from the Northeast, it's going to be wicked awesome. All right? It's the second week in a row I've made fun of folks from the Northeast. It's fun. <laughs> it's, going to, it's going to be epi-finished. It's going to be so thoroughly done and so thoroughly completed that you won't even believe what has happened. Friends, let me tell you something. I had a moment yesterday. Lauren gave me one job. She said, just go up to the church, pick up this thing that I left up there. And I said, yeah, I'll go do that. And, and that little errand turned into an hour and a half of me walking around this facility. And, and not just being impressed with the facility, because this is brick and mortar. But having concrete memories of what God has done in this place and the kinds of things that, that God has accomplished in this place. And so, yeah, there were tears shed. And there, it was, amazingly, no one was here. It's so rare for this place. But just to walk around this place, in this sanctuary, in this gym, up the hallways, and, and to see God epiteleo, some good things. Some good things that he began in 2011, he has epi-teleoed. He has finished them so thoroughly. But you may know this, that uh, in my communication with you, I, I sign off all my emails with this little three-word phrase. I started this several years ago. But I sign off the emails with, until he's finished. And even though God has epi-teleoed, some amazing things here over the last 12 years. He is still at work. He is still at work. He still has more he wants to do. He is not finished. He's got more that he wants to do. When will God be finished? We don't know. He'll let us know when he's done. And believe me, when he's fully epi everything, you'll know. You'll know. The whole world will know. That day's coming. Paul talks about it. He, he, he prays that you're, you would increase in this knowledge and depth of insight as we approach this day in which everything will be finished. But for now, for this season, my chapter is, is done. God has led the Snodgrass family here, and it's been good, and we celebrate that today, and I'm full of gratitude. But I tell you, friends, he's not finished. He's not finished. And so what kind of people are we to be as we await for God to finish this good work? 
just one thing, and then I, I, I want to share some other things. <laughs> I want to move to a different part of the service. But this one thing Paul talks about, he says, because of your partnership in the gospel. Paul recognizes that what, what is happening in the church of Philippi is not his effort alone. It is a partnership between who he is and who the Holy Spirit has formed and shaped him to be and with the people God, had call, God has called in that very specific location in Philippi. And that's true of what God's done over the last 12 years. It's been, an, it's been a partnership. 